Today's scripture reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, from the second chapter, the fifth verse through the eleventh verse. Hear these words. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the word you have given me for this message be seeds which rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. How many of you are bandwagon fans? I mean, seriously. Now, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and when they're doing good, I'm on the bandwagon. But when they're doing bad, I have other things to do on Sunday afternoon. I'm a Texas Ranger fan. When they're doing good, I'm in the stadium. When they're not, I don't even watch it on TV. How many times in your life have you jumped on the bandwagon of something? It's Palm Sunday. If you ask me, it's the great bandwagon Sunday. It's the day when Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover and he was coming to town and people jumped on the bandwagon. Pilate, I'm sure, had already made his entrance into the city with all of his military regalia and the big pomp and circumstance that goes with the man that he was. And and then there's Jesus coming to town, sending two disciples ahead to, to get a colt for him to ride and riding a donkey to town. And people came. People came and they jumped on the bandwagon and they began to wave the palms and the word Hosanna, God save us. It came from their mouth. Finally, finally, someone was coming to town. They had heard the rumors. They had heard the stories. They knew of the miracles. Someone was coming to town to relieve the oppression. Let's all get on the bandwagon. The only problem with being on the bandwagon is that we have expectations. We have expectations that are suited for us. When we get on the bandwagon, we have ourself in mind. Because who doesn't want to cheer for the winning team? Who doesn't want to win the World Series or the Super Bowl? Who doesn't want to be first in line? Who doesn't want to be there when victory is had? When all of the oppression in your life is over because you jumped on somebody else's bandwagon. The text says that Jesus came 
and that Paul tells us we need to put on the mind of Christ. Now, it's bandwagon Sunday, Palm Sunday, and we're to put on the mind of Christ. I want you to think about that. Christ is walking to Jerusalem, being from God and of God, but in human form, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem with all of the pomp and circumstance that goes with riding a donkey and the waving of the palms, he doesn't try to be God. He doesn't try to exploit that which he is. We, the people of God, often try to exploit Jesus for our own good. It's exactly what happened that day. Everybody who came in the road, they were exploiting God in human form so that they themselves could be relieved from the oppression of their lives. They were being completely selfish. And what they wanted was for themselves. It wasn't for others around them. It wasn't for the good cause. It was for themselves. How many of us today in this pandemic world we live in want it for ourselves? We want relief. We want our space where we can go and embrace. We want our family where we can be around. We want everything to be relieved. We want to take care of our own. And God says, and Paul says, we should have the mind of Christ. Not exploiting the very essence of God that comes from us, that is in us because we believe in Jesus, but yet taking on the very mind that Jesus took on that day. He didn't come to Jerusalem as a, a pompous leader. He came to Jerusalem as a servant leader. Now, servant leadership is something that's wanted these days, but I'm not sure it's always modeled these days. Because when you're a servant... You come last. You eat last. You're last in line. You're last to leave. You're first to reach out to others and, and help them wherever they're at. If you were a servant in Jesus' time, you met your master when they got to the gate. Whatever that master needed, you took care of at the expense of yourself. So Jesus takes a road into Jerusalem knowing that things are about to change. Knowing that God's not to be exploited. Knowing that all of that power that's within Him is not to be exploited, but to be given out. To be lived out in His life. That the road ahead for Him is about giving unto others. About being courageous in what lies ahead when things are tough. Can you imagine how his week went? He's going to celebrate the feast of the Passover, but yet he knows the days ahead. He knows the pain and the suffering that will be happening. And yet he still gives himself to the moment. He gives himself to the moment, letting people know that the glory of God will be revealed. When pressed by Pilate to know whether he is a king, his answer is, I am not a king of this world. I am not a king of this world. My kingdom does not live here. 
He's of God and he's not going to exploit God. He's going to offer himself in the whole journey to the cross. It's a Sunday when we want to cheer and we want to wave, wave our, our palms in the air and say, save us. But yet, are we really to take, ready to take on that role? Because the way God saves us is through offering us to others. Is it for us to accept Jesus as the Christ, but yet we have to give ourselves to others? You see, Jesus didn't exploit God. Jesus was humble in his experience with God. Jesus humbled himself. Now, humility is not something most human beings do well. Some do, and I've met some that do, but most of us struggle with humility. We want to serve, but yet we want to look out for ourselves too. We want to be brave and courageous, but yet something scares us about being vulnerable. And we think we don't have any courage. Well, Jesus had courage when he went into the city that day. Jesus had courage when he faced the political leaders that day. Jesus had courage when he met in the upper room with the disciples for the Passover feast and he changed things. A servant leader. Courageous. But understanding that, like Brene Brown says, she says, courage is not the absence of fear and vulnerability. Courage is being able to pers persevere in the fear and the vulnerability. And Jesus models it for us perfectly in the story. Jesus models it perfectly in Palm Sunday, in the experience. When he sits at a table with those that he loves and he looks across the table and he knows. One of you will betray me. One of you will deny me. And he's not speaking just to the twelve when he says that. He's speaking to all of us. We want to jump on the bandwagon and we want to say, save us, Hosanna. Be with us, God. But yet we know in our hearts how many times have we betrayed God. How many times in a day do we deny who the presence of God is in our lives? We exploit God's goodness for our own goodness. When what God asks of us to do is take on the mind of Christ so that we can be humble in our service to one another. When we encounter one another, we should be thinking about the other person first. Not about what that person can give to us or what that, that person can do for us. But what can we do? Especially in this time when we can't even be around one another. How can we take care of one another? How can we continue to be servant leaders to one another and be humble enough to pick up the phone? Be humble enough to drop off food. You don't have to go inside. You don't have to encounter their presence. If you know there's a need there, be humble enough to take the steps to meet the need. That's what Jesus did on this week. That, that's what Jesus did as he made his way into Jerusalem and experienced what we call the whole passion story. Every situation he was in, he humbled himself as a servant leader. I believe Jesus could have called God down to rescue him at any moment. Because he was of God. The Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Jesus, before taking human form, was with God. Jesus knows the power of God. Jesus knows what God can do. And in His human form, He decides to be faithful and serve. Bob Goffel defined love like this. What is the price of love? He makes it real simple. What is the price of love? Bob Goff uses one word. Everything. Everything. If we, the people of God, are going to jump on the bandwagon and shout our hosannas and cry out to God, it's going to cost us everything. It's going to cost us every little thought we have, every little action we do, because it's going to turn from being a selfish thought and a selfish action to being a servant thought and a servant action. If we're going to make this journey, this holy week, all the way to the risen Christ, then we ourselves need to humble ourselves. We don't need to brag about how big and bad our God is. We need to live out how deeply our God loves us. We need to be humble with one another. There are people who are hurting a lot worse than you're hurting in this world. And we, the people of God, need to offer comfort. We need to take the pain of our own pain and offer it to God and allow God to use it so that we can treat other people, so that we can love other people. Even though we're social distancing, God is not asking us to stay away from one another. There are new ways that we can reach out and we can touch one another and, and we can be in contact. Our spirits can be together even though we're not physically in the presence of one another. If we'll humble ourselves. If we'll humble ourselves and, and allow God to be real in our life, to live in our life. We can be on the bandwagon. And we can follow Christ because I think what happens in our lives, sometimes we get caught up and we get caught up in the crowd. And we listen to the news and we listen to the reports from everybody, that, from the health department and, and from everybody. And, and we think the world's coming to an end. God is still God. And God is still with us. And God hears our cries. And God doesn't want us to become a part of that crowd that goes from waving our palms and yelling our hosannas. To where we find ourselves three days later and we're saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Somewhere our own selfish intentions take over in our lives and we move from being what it is God wants us to be to again exploiting who God is and living in the world. And we yell out like we're on the bandwagon, crucify him, crucify him. I remember being at game five of the Rangers World Series, sitting up in the, in the stands. I'd just flown in from the jungles in Africa and I landed in Dallas, Texas, and I went to the hotel and I put on my Rangers regalia and I went to, to the stadium, to Rangers Stadium, and I crawled up in the stands with all the thousands of people. And I watched the Rangers lose. But I had come from this meek place in this world to this environment of gluttony from a meek place in this world where people would offer whatever they had so that you had your substance for the day to this place of 
gluttony where tickets were sold ten times what they were worth and, and the gluttony that was in that stadium. But I found myself on the bandwagon by the fourth inning. I was standing up and cheering for my, my Rangers and I was wanting them to win. And as we're walking out, as we're walking out of the stadium, having witnessed the Rangers lose, I listened to the people around me. I was happy to see my family. I was glad we had been to a family event. We had been away for three weeks from each other. And all they talked about was getting rid of the manager. It's time for him to go. He needs to go. We lost a game and we lost the World Series. We need to get rid of our manager. Crucify. We jump on the bandwagon and we cheer and we plead and we, we shout. And when things don't go our way, what do we do? We yell, crucify. But what does God do? Jesus was sent into the world for us to, to be our Savior. And He comes to this trying moment in His life when all the world is cheering Him on. The world that's around Him is cheering Him on. He stays faithful to the course. And God never leaves His side. And God walks with him. And Jesus never, never backs up. Jesus never backs up. Jesus never gets away from the wagon. Jesus stays the course. I want you to understand which way Jesus was going. He was going to Jerusalem. He was going to where he needed to be. Just like in our very lives, if we, the people of God, rely on God, God walks into our life and walks with us through our life. If you feel like you're distanced from God, it's not God who moved. If you feel like God has turned your back on you, it's not God who moved. Jesus walked to Jerusalem, rode on a donkey into Jerusalem, walked to the place where the upper room was, faced the trials, faced the beating, went to the top of Golgotha and was crucified. He never once jumped off the bandwagon. But we, the people of God, the people who gathered around and shouted our hosannas and needed our, our, our needs filled, needed our needs taken care of, we were yelling hosanna and the next thing we know, we said crucify. God wants us to be humble. It's not about us in this world. It's about glorifying God. And I love the hymn that Paul uses in the text today. Because it says that through his humble servant leadership, Jesus stayed faithful to the course. And God glorified him. Can you imagine what it means to be glorified by God? He has a name above all names. I've welcomed lots of babies into this world. I've held lots of babies. I've asked people what babies' names were. And do you know I have never, ever heard a baby named Jesus? He has the name above all names. Above all names. Jesus. The humble servant who rode the donkey into town, who never backed up from the path that was ahead of him, who faced every day knowing that God was with him and he was of God, 
and knew that when the end came, God would glorify him. And God was faithful to the whole journey. God never left that journey one time. God was faithful. And through humility, God was able to act. And Jesus, as the hymn says, was glorified. Wouldn't it be great if we could turn our crucifies into glorifies? Then those times when things don't really go our way, when we're suffering from the separation, when we're suffering because we don't know where, what's going on, when we're afraid and we're vulnerable, we don't yell crucify. Instead, we choose to glorify. That's what God wants from us. God wants us to be a humble servant leader in this world. And by leader, I mean go into the world and love others as you have been loved by God. And when things get tough, don't turn your back on God. When things get tough, don't walk away from your faith. Be courageous. Know that God has faced the fear. God knows what vulnerability is through the experience of Jesus Christ. And God wants to glorify you just as God glorified Jesus. Every situation of our life gives us an opportunity to either yell crucify or glorify. God wants us, people of God, to walk together and to glorify God in everything that we do. To make every instance in our life an opportunity to be on the bandwagon and to yell glorify, glorify. And when the suffering comes, to yell glorify. And when the pain hits, to yell glorify. And when the fear hits, to yell glorify. And when you feel vulnerable, to yell glorify. Because we are the people of God. And we find our strength by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is asking us to do one thing. Do one thing, people of God, especially as we walk through this next week together when our president has promised us things are going to get worse. Stay the course. Love one another. And glorify God. Let us, the people of God, be servant leaders who follow our Jesus. Follow our Jesus all the way through the cross. Through the suffering. Through the pain. Through the agony. Through the death. So that next Sunday, when we gather here and we know that we are together, we will celebrate the risen Christ. We will celebrate the name above all names. We will celebrate that every knee shall bow. And we will celebrate that God did what God said God would do. And that's to glorify. This week, glorify God. Amen.